With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacker Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Three stakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of SB Nation's The Dream Shakes, The Dream Take podcast. My name is... Mike Brown, we actually have a really fun, exciting show planned for you guys this evening. Uh, I am going to be joined by my co-host here very shortly, I believe. And then we also have another special guest of SB Nation's The Dream Shake, Mr. Darren Yuvon, uh, who is our editor. will be hopping on the show tonight to talk all things Houston Rockets, we want to get uh, his take on some things that are developing for the Houston Rockets. Bleacher Report has a couple cool stories about the Houston Rockets that I want to get to. Um, So we will give the guys a couple minutes uh, before they hop on here live on another episode of The Dream Take. Uh, We hope everybody had a spectacular uh, start to their week. Um, so a couple things we want to get to tonight. There was a really good uh, podcast from uh, Adam Wexler, and I believe it was Ben Dubos that I want to make sure we get to tonight. Uh, they had some interesting thoughts on Jalen Green, on Kevin Porter Jr., how they anticipate this season going for those guys. I want to make sure we talk to uh, both Darren and Jeremy about uh, more so Darren as we want to get his thoughts on a lot of things that uh, Jeremy and I have talked about in the last couple of weeks, but get his take on where he envisions the Rockets season going, some of his expectations for the more important guys on this team. So, a uh, really good uh, show planned for this evening. We will let you know as soon as those guys hop on here live on Spotify Live. Until then, it is you and I. If you are listening to the show right now and you literally would like to talk about anything Rockets related, you have a question that you want answered, hit that request to speak button. We will bring you up live on stage and bring you up and talk until those guys are able to hop into the room this evening. 
Um, getting to the uh, podcast done by one Adam Wexler and Ben Dubos. Um, the topics, and, and Ben tweeted this out a couple of hours ago, he indicates that topics include how to evaluate Steven Silas, why Kevin Porter Jr. may be worth a contract extension, uh, priorities for Jalen Green and Alperin Shingun. So again, make sure to go check out that podcast after you're done listening to this show, obviously. Um, but to touch on a few things that uh, we just talked about, and we welcome good friend of the show, Ryan. Ryan, what's going down? Hey, Mike. Um, hey, do you like the addition of uh, what they call East Stein? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you and I and a lot of other people have talked about this recently. It's almost like somebody who's been a part of this show for nearly three years now has been screaming from the rooftops about the needing to sign a guy to this roster that can defend the rim. Am I incorrect or correct with that statement? Um. No, he's a really good rim defender for sure. I like him, dude. I like Willie Colleystein. Me too. As a, as a as a literally zero downside kind of signing, uh, I do find it interesting that they are signing him while they have nearly twenty other guys on the uh, on the roster already. I do find it interesting that. You know, Willie Cauley-Stein's best two years were back in 17, 18, and then 18 and 19. You know, back in 17, 18, he averaged 13 points and seven rebounds a game and nearly a block a game. I thought he was a little better of a shot blocker. He's not great at it. I think what really derailed his career is COVID. I think the, I think the, the craziness of COVID kind of took that away. Um, you know, some of his, uh, what's it called, his uh, uh, momentum that he had in the league. So, Ryan, do you have any other really quick thoughts before I got to bring Darren up here on stage? Yeah, um, i just saying, I mean, I'm just glad that they're going away from the small ball completely now. Yep. That we have, you know, we always have someone big that we can put onto the floor. I oh, guess to sure. compete against those bigger centers out there. Well, they need it. I mean, they're, they're in desperate need of it. You know, we, we've run down the list before, but now you've at least got some size to throw out there, whether it's Shingun, whether it's Bruno Fernando, or Will, whether it's Willie Cauley-Stein. I know True. this may sound crazy, but Willie Cauley-Stein, I mean, if we're being honest, I think it's an outside shot <laughs> to make this roster as much as I like his addition. He's an outside shot. I mean, they have to get this roster down to, you know, 15 at most, and then you're going to only dress 12. You know, well, spots. You know, he's got to earn know, his way into that. I don't know why they want to keep giving Usman Garuba chances after chances after chances. You know, he hasn't shown enough but, for me because he's been in the league less than two years. I mean, I if you're asking me, would I rather bet on Willie Cauley Stein or Usman Garuba? And there's no alternate. Like you're betting on Garuba because Garuba, Willie Cauley Stein is what he is. He's a nice role guy. I mean, I would I would really like to have him on this team. I'm just saying, don't I, I think it's unfair to say, yeah, you know what? Let's go with, you know, it's either or. I think you can have both because I don't think Garuba's a five. Willie Cauley Stein is a traditional center. Usman Garuba is not. As much right. as people want to try and fit that square peg into the round <laughs> hole, he's not a center. 
Um, anyway, Ryan, I got to let you go, brother. I appreciate you tuning in as always. Of course, I'll be here. Thanks, bro. Uh, with that, I welcome very special guest, uh, my boss, Darren Yuvon. Darren, what's going down? Hey, Mike. How are you, man? Good, brother. Good, brother. Good to have you here, man. Good to get on. Had some technical difficulties. Well, that's okay. That's okay. We appreciate you being here. It's taking way too long to get you on the show. Yeah, man. We're here now, so, um... So what's going on? What's uh, what's the topic of discussion for the evening? Well, we've got. I want to get your. We've got a, a lieu of things I want to get your take on because you okay. haven't been on the show to give your take on any of these things. So we have a lot to go over. Yeah, um, yeah, man. You know, I usually like to, um, you know, keep a low profile. You know, it's to, you, you like to keep the spotlight on you guys as much as possible. So um, that's why uh, you know. You guys don't hear from me on the podcast very often, but, um, you know, I like to drop by from time to time. It's been a while, though. It's been a we while. We like it. We like it. No, we, lo- we like to change the pace. Um, so first thing is, Ryan and I were just talking about the addition of Willie Cauley-Stein, um, which <laughs> is not getting as much run as I thought it would, and deservedly so. I mean, he's a training camp body. Sure. I think he's going to make this team. I-, I think the Rockets have a desperate need for a guy like him. Your I mean, thoughts I think, on the Willie Cauley Stein signing? I mean, I I think you're you're probably right on that, Mike. I mean, he's a legit seven footer footer. He's experienced. Um, you know, he's not over the hill. He's 27, 28 years old, I believe. Um, I mean, I know it's just a training camp deal, but who do you have uh, at the backup five? I mean, you have a bunch of question marks. You have Bruno Fernando. I mean, I know a lot of people are high on him, uh, myself included. But you know, is is he ready for that role in a, in a full-time capacity? I'm not sure. Um, you know, Garuba, also huge question mark, of course. I mean, we can't stay healthy. We've, we haven't seen nearly enough of him. And the only other person you have on the roster is, is Boban. And, I mean, I don't think any of us are, are counting on him for, for anything. So um, I like the signing. I think having a, a veteran at that position is a pretty good thing, too, um, especially from a defensive standpoint. I think, um, you know, that it's entirely possible that he is the uh, backup five this year. Yeah, I, I love the addition of Willie Cauley-Stein because he definitely gives you something that you don't have. Definitely. Um, your take on do the Rockets get a deal done with Kevin Porter Jr. before the season starts? Um, I, I guess this is a two-part question. Do they and do you want them to get a deal? Well, three-part question. Um, do you want them to get a deal done? Do you think a deal will get done? If a deal gets done, what do you think the term and money looks like? Okay. I mean, th- yeah, so that's a, that's a multifaceted question. Um. Thank so you. I I certainly think um, that the, a deal will get done eventually before the season starts. I I have my my questions about that. Um, I think the you know I think something we've seen with Raphael Stone is that he's very deliberate. Um, he doesn't um, make rash decisions, and I think we might see this play out a little bit. Um, and I think that. You know, Porter is kind of in a prove-yourself kind of season. Um, I mean, the, the Rockets aren't necessarily married to him moving forward. Um, you know, obviously Jalen Green and, and Jabari Smith Jr. are your major pieces. Um, 
and there's probably some, you know, more talent incoming. I'm, I'm sure none of us are expecting a barn burner of a year this year and in a likely high draft pick. Um, in addition to whatever's going on with the Nets could potentially bring even more um, young talent onto the team. So I don't necessarily think the Rockets are in a giant hurry. But do I think a deal gets done eventually? Yes, I do think a deal gets done eventually. And I think, um, you know, we're going to see, depending on what happens, um, what type of performance he has this year. I do think he's going to step up. I do think he's going to step up. Um, I have faith in him. I mean, he's an extremely talented guy. He's in a, in a good uh, organization in order to continue developing, um, you know, on a professional level. So um, I, I, I think, you know, Porter is, um, you know, going to make it happen. So um, as for terms, you know, it's, it's hard to it's hard to predict the terms right now. Um, you know, I guess if. If you're talking about like if a contract's going to get done before the season, could look entirely different from what gets done later on in the year after or after the season. So that's that's fair. With that being said, we welcome the other part of the dream take, Jeremy Brenner, to the show. Jeremy. Hey, Mike. Hey, Darren. What's up? Hey, hey, Jeremy. Hello. Hello. Man, it's only taken uh, three plus years to get the three of us on a show together. So congrats <laughs> to us. Ding, ding, ding. Um, I want to get your take real quick, Jeremy, and then you, Darren. There was a uh, story that came out today on one Hoops Hype about the greatest all, uh, free agent signing for every team in the league of all time. Can you take a guess, Jeremy, at who the Rocket selection was? Great. Is this like an outside free agent or a re-sign or what are the rules to this? So the title of the story is the best free agent signing in the history of each NBA franchise. I mean, the Rockets did just sign Willie Cauley-Stein the other day, but I wouldn't say it's the greatest <sighs> franchise. I feel like you're pandering to me. I feel like you're pandering to me with that statement. I, I so. mean... Hey, I mean, it could be Bruno Fernando. That that would be your answer, I would know. Um, no comment. I'll say this. Um, I'd say probably Dwight Howard, just because. Um, even though he wasn't necessarily like the the like he didn't live up to expectations per se, but when he was the free agent of the summer in 2013, the Rockets won free agency. They got the number one free agent. I don't know if they've never. I don't think they've ever really done that before. So if I had to guess, that's probably my best guess. That isn't a gap. Darren, do you have a guess before I give the answer? Um, I mean, Howard is definitely on the short list. There's, that's for sure. Uh, I'm trying to go back in my memory here because um, I, I think there's somebody that I'm missing. Um, you know, I guess I guess you could put – Matumbo in that short list, although obviously Dwight had a um, bigger statistical impact. Matumbo was at the tail end of his career. Um, I mean, are you, you could consider Jeremy Lin you in could, there. You could. I, I, I will wait until you really say the final be. answer. Yeah. Um, it's It's probably Dwight. It's probably Dwight. The selection to both of you, the, this individual said this on Twitter. I've decided to become a member of the Houston Rockets. I feel it's the best place for me, and I'm excited about joining the Rockets 
and I'm looking forward to a great season. I want to thank the fans in Los Angeles and wish them the best. So this uh, selection is one Dwight Howard. While a Houston Rocket, he was a one-time All-Star and one second-team All-NBA. Is it sort of sad, Jeremy, that Dwight Howard is this selection for the Rockets? It's sad that it's not Bruno Fernando, Mike. Let's be real here. It's fair. It's a very true statement by you, Jeremy. You know how I feel about one Bruno Fernando. But, like, that's crazy to think about, Darren. Don't you think, like, Dwight Howard is the greatest free agent signing they've ever had? The, the Rockets have gotten most of their stars via trade. Moses Malone came in a trade. James Harden came in a trade. Um, even some failed stars. Charles Barkley came in a trade. Scottie Pippen came in a trade. Um, Chris Paul came in a trade. Russell Westbrook came in a trade. Um, yeah, so, that's... I mean, that's been typically how they've acquired stars from outside. I don't know what that speaks to, um, you know. I, could you make an argument it speaks to a free, a big time free agent's desire to come to Houston? I, I don't know. I mean, I guess you could make that argument looking at looking at that history. Um, I, I'm trying to think of some some other names that I, I really can't get any deeper than that. Uh, Lewis Lloyd, maybe. Um, I think he was a free agent, um, but even even that is you know kind of a you know a second tier kind of guy, right? So. Um, yeah, I mean, it is. It definitely, definitely is some kind of statement for sure on the ability to attract big name free agents. That's fair, Jeremy. Let me ask you this: Have you seen the latest Shane Battier uh, video that he did for uh, via Clutch Points last night, talking about him guarding uh, Kobe Bryant? I think I saw the tweet, but I haven't looked into it a little bit further. Um, but. I mean, I'll probably go look at it after this, but Shane Battier is probably like, like we talked a couple of episodes ago about that Yao era of the Rockets and how I am very fond of it. And a part of that reason is because Shane Battier um, was part of those teams. So I will definitely go and see that. And I think a lot of it too had to do with the fact that during those years, he would defend Kobe and he would defend Kobe differently than everybody. So I'm sure that's probably why that's there that's how i learned when you're defending someone specifically like a really good shooter like kobe you want to try to get that hand in front of their face so they're not seeing it it's like it seems simple in theory like if you put your hand in front of the face you can't see the ball go in the hoop you can't see the hoop so it's harder to shoot and i i think and that stuck with me throughout the years i'll say that that's fair darren where do you Jeremy and I had a very spirited debate, which we've been known to have, you know, every so often. Where do you fall in the love, not necessarily of specifically Shane Battier, but those Yao Ming, Tracy McGrady years? As a Rockets fan, we talked about this a little bit when you were here in Houston. Great conversation, by the way. Yes. Uh, but I even think we, so, talked about, we talked about Battier a little bit that night, too, I believe. We did. Not we did. Yeah. But, yeah, but for um, the listeners, I mean, where do you fall in the, you know, and, and give your perspective a little bit on, you know, the, you know, I, I have a very different opinion of, of Yao's impact on this organization, on his impact on the league and where he falls. Kind of talk about, you know, just those teams as a whole and, and more specifically, you know, the, the Battiers, the McGrady, and, and Yao off of those teams. Sure, Mike. Uh, as you know, uh, I was not only uh, still a Rockets fan then, but I was also covering the team for Empty the Bench back then. So I was 
watching them closely from from both angles and um, I mean, definitely one of my favorite eras, Shane Battier, uh, one of my favorite players from that era. And I think something that gets underrated from that era that Shane Battier provided. I mean, we talk about the defense. We talk about being a glue guy. We talk about, you know, being a three and D, an original three and D type player. But something that goes unnoticed is the leadership that he brought to that team. I mean, there was kind of a, a little bit of a leadership vacuum from a player standpoint in that team. I mean, uh, there's a famous story uh, when Daryl Morey came aboard, uh, him and Rick Adelman went to Tracy McGrady and asked him to take a larger role as a leader. And McGrady turned them down and said he simply wasn't built that way. And, you know, most of the stories that I was getting was, you know, Chuck Hayes was a vocal leader and Shane Battier was kind of the locker room leader. I mean, Yao was a leader too, but he was more of a kind of a, you know, lead by example, quiet guy as far as his leadership style was concerned. So you're looking at, you know, so, you know, the, the, the win streak, the, uh, vic- the near victory over the Lakers in the semifinals. And, you know, there was a serious uh, lack of, Big time leadership and Battier stepped into that role and provided that on numerous occasions, especially with especially with both of those guys, stars being down so, as often as they were, um, you know. And you know, I I think I differ a little bit from you, Mike, on Yao. Um, you know, obviously we're not going to talk about his impact off the court, which is you know immense in the terms of the growth of the NBA. But on the court, I mean. Obviously, we know the problem was that he was injured very, very often. But in my opinion, I think that those Rockets teams should have leaned on Yao more and Tracy McGrady less. Um, you know, McGrady was kind of the last of a group of volume shooters. And we were kind of a, a little bit of a transition phase there as well between old style NBA and new style analytics driven NBA and, um, you know, Yao was a pretty efficient post player, um, great at free throws, um, you know, bent up, bent up defenses when he was, you know, receiving the ball, but he couldn't stay healthy. And a lot of that had to do with, you know, all the time he spent playing overseas and, you know, lugging that giant frame around up, up and down the court all night, of course. But uh, I think from a wins and losses standpoint, I was always upset watching, you know, McGrady uh, kind of take the lead um, over and over again and Yao kind of being a little bit of a second fiddle. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, you know, there is some some credence to what you're saying, Mike. I mean, Yao finished his career, I think, averaging 19 and 9, and there's nothing wrong with those numbers. But are those, you know, all-time great numbers? You know, probably not, right? I mean, that's probably... Um, you know, a situation where I like I can think about, um, you know, going to watch Rocket games. I was living in New York City at the time. I, I used to have to go to the sports bar to watch Rockets games. And I always remember sitting there talking to this guy that would come there and meet me for wings. And he would be like, you know, I don't know why you like Yao so much. He's seven foot six and he's averaging nine rebounds a game. Like there's got to be more to it than that. And, you know, so there is some credence to what you're saying. But I, I do think that, you know, Yao wasn't the focal point when he should have been. And I think, you know, when McGrady was out in the, I think it was the 2009 playoffs and the Rockets leaned on Yao against the Portland Trailblazers. I think, you know, we saw um, how they dismantled them. And I think that if 
a lot of Rockets fans would agree that if Yao was healthy for the Lakers series, that Rockets team might have gone all the way. Um, I can't say that if Tracy McGrady was involved um, because, you know, he just, he just wasn't, he just wasn't that guy. I mean, he just wasn't that guy from an emotional makeup standpoint. He just wasn't um, a hard worker by his own admission. Um, you know, I've taken some flack from, from Rockets fans for saying that, but McGrady's own admission, he wasn't a hard worker. He wasn't a hard practicer. Um, and I think a lot of that, um, you know, manifested itself in um, how the rock in the Rockets playoff failures. So, um, I think that out of that Rockets era of basketball, um, you know, Yao Ming, obviously, uh, what could have been Trace McGrady, what could have been, but, um, you know, they, Yao wasn't used properly and, you know, his career suffered for a mul- multitude of reasons and just didn't, just didn't work out for those guys, you know? Jeremy, I feel like I do owe you an apology because I do feel like I was really, really hard on Ming on our show. I went back and listened to it twice. Um, I do feel like I owe an apology to Rockets fans for not bashing him like I did because he was a disappointment to me just as a Rockets fan. But Darren, you're right. I mean, if he, if he would have stayed healthy, probably would go down as a top 15 big man of all time. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Uh, um, I don't know if Jeremy is still having uh, storm issues. Oh, here he is. Welcome to the dark side, Mike. Ah, uh, well, yeah, that's fine. Um, <laughs> I mean, no, like, you didn't convince me, like, truly. So, but you moved me more towards the middle, which is, I feel like, is a decent place to be. Hey, yeah. I'll take it. But I will say, I think that I think that I had an easier convincing than you did for your side. That's fair. I mean, I think that's fair. I mean, I, I will say outside of Ming and McGrady for both, there's a question to both of y'all. Let's do Darren and then Jeremy. Um, who was your favorite secondary player on those teams? Was it Battier? It, it was or definitely was it? Battier. And okay. I mean, Matumbo as well. And I honestly wasn't ever really a huge Matumbo fan, but I mean, when he came to the Rockets, um, that was just an awesome experience watching the things that he was doing, especially at that age. And, um, you know, I loved, I loved watching him, you know, grab 20 rebounds, um, you know, old man Deke coming on the court, you know, wagging the finger, getting the crowd pumped up. So oh, yes, um, I think it was Battier, Matumbo, Chuck Hayes, but probably Battier. I just admired his game so much. Jeremy, can we get some love for Ray for Alston on the show? Because Darren just went straight to Battier and totally forgot about Skip to my Lou. Uh, absolutely. I mean, um, I'm also the kind of guy that I enjoy more role players, I'd say, than star players. I'm not exactly sure why, and I don't think I'm alone in that. Um, but I will say, I mean, Skip was like, he made, he kind of was a glue. Five for 13. I think that's what, what we called him, five for 13. Mm. That was his nickname. Hey, that, that's about league average, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Come on, man. Jeremy. You don't even believe that. You barely believe what you just said. Hey, 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 hey. Uh, no, Continue. I was, I'll say this. I wasn't as much of a Ray for Alston guy as I was a Louis Scola guy. Ooh, that's a good uh, – yeah, he was phenomenal. He definitely and had – And Carl Landry and, like – Because the thing is – Hey, like, 2009 I, had Ron Artest. Mm. Yeah, Ron Artest. So, like, 
Because I also think maybe the reason why I feel this way is because this, this was like when I was playing basketball. So I was trying to emulate like some of these players and I just didn't see, like I wasn't like gifted enough to be a star player. So I was like, how am I going to um, affect the game, you know, differently? So that's kind of who I look to, to try to model my own game out of was these like role players, like these players that played bigger than who they were. Like I wasn't necessarily the tallest guy in school, but I was a big in school because like that was just kind of my build. And that's like kind of how I had to play. So I had to learn to play like a, a small ball five or like a, a four usually that's kind of what the positions I played you know it's five foot you know eight like five normal like average height but I mean I was still having to play like bigger positions so that that's who I have more um like I guess appreciation for is is those guys Scola uh you know and and and, like to look at this team like that's why I'm I guess like that's why I'm gravitating towards like Shangun and Tari Eason and Chris and Josh Christopher, those guys that aren't necessarily those stars, but they're important if you want to build a championship team someday. I, okay, but now I'm genuinely curious: whose game did Jeremy Brenner in school model his game after? Like, were you a Joey like Joey Dorsey, or are we talking more like Chuck Hayes? Like Jeremy Chuck Brenner Hayes. in in school? Okay. That's okay, fair. Darren, Darren, were you a basketball player? I did play basketball. Yeah, I did play basketball. Um, okay, who did you model your game after? So I am 6'2", um, and, you know, I Same tried to develop a post game watching a team growing up, um, but, you know, not exact. I'm tall, but, like, not tall enough to be a center, right? So um, I mostly played the three, um, so... I tried to incorporate a little bit of post into my game, which, like I said, I got from Akeem. Um, I was maybe had a little bit of – this is going to sound a little bit odd, uh, but I might have had a little Rashid Wallace in my game as far as oh! like, being able to do a little bit of dirty work, some rebounding. Um, I could start hitting that jumper from, you know, mid-range and get cooking that way. So, um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it was – Probably a mixture of those two. Ryan throws out Brad Miller. You were talking about obscure Rockets that I haven't heard in years. Is Brad Miller phenomenal? Yeah, um, he played. I modeled my game more after uh, Omri Caspi for obvious reasons. He was a personal hero of mine. Lachaim. Thank you, Jeremy. Uh, <laughs> uh, Darren, we've t- Jeremy and I have talked a little bit about this. What is your expectation for this season? What would you, you know, give me a a realistic idea of what you think this team is going to do? Win loss record, some things that you're looking forward to this year, et cetera. Um, well, I th- I think improvement is what you're looking for. Um, you know, we're not at the point yet where we are necessarily necessarily thinking that this team is going to be competitive. There are too many young pieces. Uh, I mean, Jalen Green's 20, Jabari Smith, 19. Um, you know, so many of the key pieces are young. So uh, even though I'm, ex- I'm expecting big things from Jalen Green this year, I really am. Um, I think he's going to take a, a massive, massive leap. Uh, I've loved what I've heard from him in the offseason, uh, of the things that he's been working on. Um, 
Jabari Smith was who I wanted for the Rockets in this draft. Um, I think that even though he does not have the flash of a Banchero who was who we all were kind of ready to to be married to for the next you know f- at least five years, I think that um, you know in the long run that Smith is going to be the perfect piece for this team. Um, but, you know, of course, growing pains. We're going to love watching Terry Eason play, you know, total destruction and havoc when he's on the court, which is awesome to watch. Um, but again, young guys, there's no uh, real veterans other than Eric Gordon to kind of hold this thing together. So there's going to be growing pains. I think watching the talent is going to be undeniable. Um, I think better than last year is a realistic goal. How much better? Um, you know, negligible. Um, I think the absolute ceiling would be, you know, if if you told me I was com- the Rockets were competing for a play-in, I would be like overjoyed in, in the terms of winning. Doesn't do much for future draft choices. However, I think from a, purely looking at it from a winning standpoint, I think that would be their absolute ceiling. Uh, I don't, but. Personally, I don't think that's going to happen. I'm thinking, you know, maybe 28, 30 wins, something like that, um, with a with a big leap coming in the year or two following. Um, John Wall's contract is going to come off the books after this season. The Rockets are going to have a lot of cap space to make some moves. So I think you're looking at mostly another rebuild type season, but with a lot of excitement. We got a lot of young, really, really good pieces on the team. Jeremy, before we wrap the show up, do you think that this team, from what you've seen them do in the draft, the minimal effort in free agency, do they have a shot at a play-in tournament game? I mean, they're tied for first place in the Western Conference right now, so absolutely. But I think looking at just kind of everything, I think 30 wins this year is is probably an attainable but um, challenging goal. Um, which, and I say challenging because I think to improve by 10 games is a lot, but I do think it's attainable given the improvement of those on the roster. And I think like there needs to be some kind of growth we see here, not just individually, but team wise as well. And I think that now that you have these players, I think a big reason why you didn't go out and spend a whole lot in free agency is because you now give the opportunity for those players who were here last year, another, a a whole summer together and a full year in Silas's, um, in Silas's group, right? So you have familiarity within each other. You have familiarity with the NBA. You have just a whole lot of like positives to add to your group that they didn't necessarily have last year. So even though the names and the players are the same, I do think we're going to see some type of improvement. I think 30 wins won't necessarily get them to the play-in, but we have to keep in mind here that, like, if we see Oklahoma City and San Antonio as for sure nopes in in terms of competing for a play-in, I could see the Rockets being better than both of those teams. Um, there's not – and then you make the argument, say, Sacramento. I think Sacramento is a bit of a harder argument to make but it's not something that would surprise me. And at that point, you're within two spots of the play-in. So then you you say, hey, maybe we've got a shot at this. I wouldn't necessarily say 
if they're in position by February to go at the deadline and buy to get to that 10 seed, I don't think that should be the goal necessarily, because if they are competing well enough to get to that 10 seed by the middle of the season, it proves that the development of this group is working. And then you're like, okay, well, if this is just a half season, wait until we get to a full season, a year and a half, two years, three years, five years, seven years, you're looking at a title. I mean, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but as long as we're seeing some kind of growth this season and like a little bit more growth than what we saw last year, I think that's what's important for this team. And yes, I do think some of it has to do with the win total. Uh, You don't want to be the worst team in the league three years in a row. And I really don't think that's going to happen this year because Jalen Green simply won't let it. This is his team. And I'm excited to finally, officially, fully enter the Jalen Green era of these rounds. Both of y'all are going to be surprised when we acquire Kevin Durant and we go to the Western Conference Finals this year. That's my prediction. If that happens, you won't hear me complaining. I'll tell you that. (laughs) Oh, God. I thought you were going to say you won't see me on this show. Sorry, Jeremy. You gave me a scare there for five seconds. Uh, Guys, this was fun. We should do it again soon. Absolutely. Darren, uh, let the people know where we can find you on the social media. Uh, At Darren Yuvon on Twitter, and uh, that's where you'll get me. My man, this was fun. Absolutely, Mike. Thanks for having me, brother. Absolutely, man. We'll have you back soon. Um, Jeremy, that was fun. Michael, yes, it was. Okay. Sorry, I'm excited. Um, this has been another episode of SB Nation's The Dream Shakes, The Dream Take Podcast. My name is Mike Brown. On Twitter, you can find me at Podcast underscore MV. You can find my co-pilot, Jeremy Brenner, on Twitter at Jeremy Brenner, and you can follow my co-pilot, Michael Brown, at BSW Podcast underscore MV. If you are on Twitter, still give a follow to the mothership of the Dream Take, the Dream Shake, at Dream Shake SBN. You can follow us on Twitter at the Dream Take. Head on over to thedreamshake.com for all things Houston Rockets all the time. Follow the Dream Shake on Facebook. Search the Dream Shake. We will be back live with you Thursday night, Rockets fans. And until then, go Rockets! Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, Just go to cars.com. It's magical.